this week. C-Drill Partners files an amended plan. High Point Resources Chapter 11 plan confirmed. Texas co-op members seek to preserve their relationship with Brazos Electric Power. And as always, updates from Puerto Rico. Hello, I'm Sean Daly, Distressed Debt Legal Analyst. Welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. It's Friday, March 19th. The C-Drill Partners debtors filed an amended plan and disclosure statement on Thursday ahead of their March 23rd disclosure statement hearing, which contains new information regarding the estimated amount of claims for each class and projected recoveries under the plan, information not expressly detailed pre in the uh, in the previous plan and disclosure statement. Uh, specifically, in response to objections from the UCC, the documents now project uh, recoveries for Class 5 general unsecured claims at 0% to 0.9%. They would share pro rata in a cash pool of $750,000, and the Class 5 claims pool would range from $82.2 million to $2.41 billion. If both Class 4 Term Loan B secured claims and Class 5 GUCs vote to accept the plan, Term Loan B deficiency claims, uh, that's where the uh, massive range in, in potential Class 5 claims comes from, would not be entitled to any distributions under the plan and would not receive uh, a share of the $750,000 cash recovery pool. With respect to the treatment of Class 3 super senior term loan claims, each claim holder would receive its pro rata share of just under 32% of new common stock and newly disclosed amount. With respect to treatment of Class 4 term loan B secured claims, each claim holder would receive its pro rata share of just over 68% of new common stock, also a newly disclosed amount. Unless the holder makes a cash election to uh, cash out subject to a $5 million cash cap. New common stock would be subject to dilution from an employee incentive plan. On Thursday, Judge Christopher Sanchi confirmed a prepackaged Chapter 11 plan for Higher Point Resources, a Denver-based ENP focused on the DJ Basin, just five days after the cases were filed in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the District of Delaware. The debtors only filed Chapter 11 to effectuate a merger under a transaction support agreement with Bonanza Creek Energy, another DJ-focused operator, after an exchange offer failed to achieve the minimum note holder participation required for an out-of-court solution. Under the plan, the debtors' note holders in existing equity would receive their pro rata share of approximately 9.8 million shares of Bonanza Creek, subject to dilution. Note holders would receive approximately 30.4% of Bonanza Creek common stock, existing equity would receive approximately 1.6%, and existing shareholders of Bonanza Creek would own approximately 68%. The plan also provides for note holders to receive their pro rata share of $100 million in take-back notes. RBL claims would be paid in full, and other creditors would be unimpaired under the plan. After the merger is consummated, Bonanza Creek's capital structure would include a senior-secured RBL credit facility with aggregate available commitments of not less than $250 million, part of which would be used to pay off the debtor's current RBL. 
The debtor's financial projections assume $122 million of availability under the Bonanza Creek RBL on the effective date. Tudor Pickering, the debtor's investment banker, estimates the enterprise value of the combined reorganized debtors in Bonanza Creek after giving effect to the merger to be between $900 million and $1.2 billion, with a midpoint of $1.05 billion. Finally, developments related to last month's winter storm in Texas continue. We'll discuss some initial legal impressions later in the podcast, but first, a few highlights. Gritty Energy, a retail electric provider that passed wholesale prices through to its customers until it didn't, filed for Chapter 11 on Monday and appeared before Judge Marvin Isger for a first-day hearing on Tuesday. In the Brazos Electric Chapter 11 case on Monday, the U.S. trustee appointed a five-member official committee of unsecured creditors, which selected Kramer 11 as its counsel on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, Brazos Electric obtained continued interim approval of access to cash collateral, permission to pay pre-petition amounts due under its power purchase agreement with non-debtor wholly owned subsidiary Brazos Sandy Creek Electric Cooperative, and final approval of a $10 million critical vendor's budget. The debtor elected not to seek approval on Wednesday of either its cash management motion or its motion to allow member cooperatives to use pre-petition credits for post-petition invoices. The debtor continued consideration of those motions in order to give the newly appointed UCC more time to evaluate the relief sought. On Friday, another retail energy provider, Just Energy Group, announced that the Ontario Superior Court of Justice commercial list, the uh, court responsible for the company's CCAA proceedings, entered an order extending the company's protection in that proceeding to June 4th. The company also announced that it has reached agreement with its RCF lenders and certain trade counterparties to allow the company to maintain ordinary course operations. Veering into the murky and ever-changing regulatory aspect of the storm fallout, while the Texas Senate passed a bill that would permit the repricing of wholesale power and ancillary services during the February 17th to 19th storm period, the Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives released a statement distancing the lower house from the legislation, objecting to, quote, government intervention into the free market. And on the island of Puerto Rico, the PROMESA Oversight Board issued a violation letter to the administration of Governor Pedro Pierluisi related to its draft 2021 Commonwealth Fiscal Plan for failing to include, quote, any of the pension reforms included in the plan of adjustment filed on March 8th, and uh, directing in the letter the administration to, quote, reflect all plan of adjustment pension reform provisions in the proposed plan and remove the additional pension contributions. Top red stories this week included High Point Resources Files Chapter 11 in District of Delaware. Texas Public Utilities Commission will approve order extending deadline for invoice settlement disputes to six months. And Brazos UCC selects Kramer Levin as counsel. Now, down to Jim from Houston with the week ahead. Well, thank you, Sean, and welcome back from spring break, everyone. Going to give you the highlights, what's on the stove for next week. And if you want to know more, please consult our weekly calendar, which is available every Monday morning. Monday, March 22nd, Highland Capital Contempt Motion Hearing. Tuesday, March 23rd, C-Drill DS Hearing and the Summary Judgment in Gulfport. 
Wednesday, March 24th, DS hearing again, this time in Fieldwood Energy. Thursday, March 25th, a continuation of the trial in CBL and Associates. And Friday, March 26th, well, let's just let today's happenings be a big surprise for one and all, something to look forward to. Now, that's it for me. And, you know, down here in Texas, we tend to have one week of winter a year. And so Sean is now going to talk about some of the things that happened during the last one. Sean, over to you. Thanks, Jim. So in addition to the Texas storm-related updates mentioned previously, I just wanted to take a few minutes to cover two legal-flavored angles. One, a high-level legal issue spotting checklist, and then secondly, some takeaways from the companies that have initiated in-court restructuring processes, which are hopefully interesting or insightful for anyone slammed on bankruptcy contingency planning for other companies that are still out of court. So on the legal issue spotting front, I think the defining feature of the the situation generally in in a lot of these companies is just the complexity of corporate and contract structures. Uh, So use that as a a starting point. Make sure you're you're mapping out correctly which box, uh, you know, relates to the next and and how so. Uh, There are all sorts of that I, I think some of the more interesting issues that have come up in these cases flow from that complexity. You have issues about what's actually property of the estate, um, something like Brazos, a co-op. Um, the funds that are held by the debtor may just be held in trust for various of its, its members and or service providers. There were a number of reservations of rights or limited objections in, in Brazos uh, with, with uh, their co-op members and uh, Encore um, making pleadings just to, to highlight that dynamic cash collateral has been a really crucial aspect of hearing so far across these cases, uh, issues of, you know, is cash unencumbered or is it actually cash collateral? Uh, whose cash collateral are there competing demands timing on, um, certain collateral posting requirements, depending on some of the, the, uh, derivative contract structures, uh, claim priority issues, who's secured, who's unsecured, are certain of the the claims that debtors are listing on their petitions as unsecured, uh, you know, with those creditors perhaps say they they have uh, security interests, uh, administrative claims, once you get into the cases talking about paying the actual and necessary expenses of administration, um, how quickly will those pile up if there are any more fluctuations in energy prices? Uh, and then automatic stay issues and, and uh, you know, normally a, a debtor's friend getting the protection of the automatic stay against creditor actions upon the, the filing of a bankruptcy petition. The carve-out for derivatives contracts, uh, giving a, a non-debtor counterparty the right to terminate or perhaps set off funds is a you see this often in the context of upstream oil and gas companies may file, and if they're revolving lenders or also their hedge counterparties, uh, you know those those hedges get unwound. Um, it's a, a dynamic that I'm I'm sure a lot of people are looking at and sort of figuring out: do we, you know, do we stand on our rights or do we stay pat uh, for the time being? So a few observations from. Companies that have filed, uh, Gritty Energy filed for Chapter 11. It's planned construct uh, in 
contemplates a wind down and then granting customers uh, to whom it, it passed through wholesale prices, uh, you know, in, in these, these people rang up, uh, you know, pretty big bills under that construct in the, in the midst of the, the storm. The plan would give releasing customers uh, in exchange for a release against the, the debtors and the other release parties under the plan. Uh, debtors would say, okay, you know, whatever, we'll wipe those bills. And as counsel noted at the first day hearing, this has the, the practical benefits of, you know, making sure that no one's credit score is impacted or, you know, there, there are no more bills coming due from Gritty. Uh, Judge Isger said, okay, we'll, we'll need to think very carefully about disclosures here as uh, counsel for a putative class action that, that showed up and, uh, you know, good, good luck wringing blood from a, a wind down stone, but, uh, Judge Isger was, you know, he's balancing sort of the plan construct against, well, if people do want to join this, you know, this proposed class uh, and, and perhaps pursue the company for, you know, amounts that they they uh, feel were wrongly overcharged, auto-debited or, or something, uh, but not giving releases, they, you know, people should understand what that trade-off is very clearly. So that'll that'll be an interesting dynamic to keep following. Uh, Judge Isger also, interestingly, denied adequate protection for two uh, Macquarie units that were secured lenders. Uh, the, the court looked at, there's a three-week budget filed, looked at sort of the, the de minimis amount the debtors were proposing to spend, something like $150,000, looked at you know Macquarie's potential claims were $1.5, maybe $1.7 million, and the debtors had $5.5-ish million dollars of cash on hand. Uh, Isger took a, a pretty hard line. And whereas, uh, you know, it's, it sounds like the, the debtors and Macquarie, right. They'd come to this agreement. Uh, and it's kind of a, you know, reservation of, of rights style, just kind of prophylactic adequate protection. Isger, uh, did not feel there was a sufficient evidentiary record and, and just denied that, uh, allowed the, the debtors to access cash collateral, and uh, granted, you know, Macquarie the protection that the debtors couldn't use a couple million bucks in a restricted account, but that was the that was the big sort of contested matter on the uh, on the on the courts or, or primary in the, in the courts mind. Second day hearing in Brazos Electric this week uh, again, cash collateral big theme. Where's the cash? Who has the rights in it? Uh, is it property? Of what you know? What? Uh, what is the debtor holding that's truly property of the estate or maybe just held in trust? Uh, great. You know, love, love to see it. Big revolver draw right before the filing. Debtors coming into court saying, well, we, we don't think any of this cash is unencumbered. However, we can understand how, you know, lenders X, Y, and Z might argue that maybe they, they have a lien in such cash. Uh, always, a, always a fun dynamic. Uh, UCC, interesting in, in Brazos. Uh, UCC wasn't sort of appointed on the usual time frame. And then when it was on Monday, there's an unsecured lender, the PBGC, and then three tort claimants. Counsel to the debtors made a, a comment towards the outset of the second day hearing to the court that, uh, you know, kind of an interesting committee composition here. And if you look at the petition and the 30 largest unsecured creditors, I mean, it's a who's who of sophisticated financial counterparties or, or large trade creditors, and, you know, a little bit of a, a head scratcher sometimes when the the largest unsecured creditors, um, each of whom may care about you know sort of their individual capacity at this point and in, in figuring out what's going on, but 
when nobody sort of from that or one party from that list is interested in UCC, do you do you really need to appoint one? Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. One of the five members already dropped two days later. Uh, and the U.S. trustee said, uh, we'll, we'll look into what to do uh, to reconstitute the committee. So it's another just sort of interesting, maybe one-off dynamic to, to watch. Uh, and then final point actually came up a week or two ago on the podcast, Just Energy, um, getting back to some you know protection of the automatic stay. Uh, Judge Isker was very concerned about sort of ERCOT not being able to take adverse action against the debtor. The debtor was seeking approval to pay certain amounts to ERCOT to stay uh, current on its on its uh, invoices. And Judge Isger sort of took the stance, well, you know, what, what are they going to do? What, well, what is ERCOT going to do? The automatic stays in place. Also, you have Section 525 of the Bankruptcy Code, which, if you're like me, sent you scrambling to your copy of the code, flipping through to see what Section 525 even is, uh, prohibits a governmental unit from suspending or revoking a license based on a party's uh, having filed for bankruptcy um, for, you know, non-payment of, of certain debts. Isger seemed to say, okay, you know, you should be pretty well protected by that. Debtors' counsel responded with the, the very natural concern that, well, you know, that's, that's a pretty big thing, um, maintaining good good relations with ERCOT and not losing all our customers. We don't necessarily want to bet the farm on, on that interpretation, um, but just a, a fun fun section of the code uh, for those of us who maybe haven't dusted our, our codes off in a while. So we'll leave it at that for now. Obviously, a, an interesting overall situation to, to keep watching. Uh, get your org charts down pat. And thank you again for listening to this latest Reorg Weekly Review. You can find all our podcasts on the reorg.com media page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hope your families are healthy and safe. See you next Friday.